Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is me, your boy, Big Tasty. As always, joined by Jay. How's it going, Jay? More good. More good. Recovered from a, a weekend of wrestling. No. <laughs> they still come around a lot more often these days, don't they? Like these weekends are just relentless wrestling. Yeah, and this one wasn't even that bad. I mean, it was like a five. So some of us made it to the end of the pay per view till five in the morning. Oh, I, I didn't. I fell asleep. By like, <laughs> I think I think I fell asleep during um, the acclaimed entrance. All oh, right, there. Uh, and I was up earlier that morning as well. The, um, I was staying in a, in a hotel in Manchester, and uh, someone in the kitchen set the smoke alarm off at eight in the morning. Oh, you love to see it. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, and yeah, didn't even have a sleep during the day. I, I did really well. Um, but yeah, full gear was. Full gear was was awesome. We'll talk about it in a, a little bit. It's going to be probably the bulk of, of today's episode, if we're being honest, because well, you're back in the world nine to five now, so you've not had time to stay up on stupid o'clock to watch wrestling. Yeah, it's it's a uh, difficult to catch run SmackDown when I'm back in back and work at eight pm and I'm just going I'm going to bed when it's like about to start. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, as it's, always, it's, it's, it's quite quite hard to motivate myself to watch it not live. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, like when it's not happening, when you have to, like put the effort to like find it and like watch it like after the fact, like you say, dedicate time that you'd not because like. For us, it's on late at night, so it's kind of like garbage time, isn't it? Like you're not going to do anything else at that time of the night. Yeah. Whereas if, it, if I, it's like, right, I'll come in from work and I'll sit down at like five o'clock and watch it. You're like, I just, I just don't want to do this. It's just like, yeah, like when, when I was watching it, um, when I was watching it live, it was pretty much like a case of, well, I can't sleep, so I just put it on. Yeah, well, it was more about how you now can sleep. We'll talk about that a bit later as well exciting news right so we're going to start then uh, as always with a bit of WWE news um, and we, um, some good news today um, some some quite nice news in WWE um, so first off uh, former WWE star James Gibson who will be better known to most people as Jamie Noble has announced that he will be coming at retirement for one final match uh, he put on Twitter that he will be wrestling at a WWE live event in Charleston West Virginia so this is on the 11th of December uh, so like next month basically a couple of weeks time and this is his hometown and he'll be performing for his family which is dead nice he's uh, going to be wrestling yeah that'd be interesting because so Noble I, I don't really I wasn't really watching wrestling when he was having his like sort of big period he was in the um, was he in a tag team with someone Um, I know he was a cruiserweight guy wasn't he so in WWE, he was a cruiserweight champion, and he's paired with Nidia. Uh, he actually the former Ring of Honor champion as well. Yes, he, uh, yes, he is. He dethroned CM Punk. That, so that was so that was before my time watching Ring of Honor because I didn't get to Ring of Honor until like 2010. 
and then obviously I missed his time in, in WWE as well. So I sort of like his whole career kind of passed me by, which is upsetting because he was probably all kinds of a really really cool guy. He's very good. He was also in WCW in the Young Dragons. Where oh, right. They, I, I think they had him in a mask for a little bit. Um, yeah. It's he's he was meant to be in a. So, uh, so a lot of more recent fans, myself included, would know him more as a member of Seth Rollins' security. Yes, J and J security. Um, and that also, was, fun fact, he, was um, so. Was that like his transition away? Was was he still wrestling at that point? Was that like his like final little run? No, nah, he, he's so his final. He, he kind of retired in like I think was, I want to say two thousand six. Oh right, maybe. okay. So it was quite before. He, he had, that. Yeah, he had a feud with Sheamus. In um, WECW. Right. Oh, good. Um, yeah, Seamus did the uh, Celtic cross on the floor onto him, and then it, that was the last we saw of Jamie Noble for a couple of years. Oh, fair. Obviously, he, then, has, he has been working as a producer um, for, for a number of years yes. now in, in WWE. He still, he's remained with the company this entire time. Hmm. Fun fact, Zach Gibson called himself Zach Gibson based on James Gibson. Really? Oh, sweet. Little, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, who's Zach Gibson? A sorry, I, I, I don't know that name. You mean, you mean Rick Fowler? Don't worry about it. The spooky eyes. From my Human testicle yeah. Rick Fowler. <laughs> he has got spooky eyes now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a sweet little story. Um, it's nice to see. It's nice that he's got the opportunity to do that as well. Just say, can I just have another match? And they're like, yeah, all right, off you go. Yeah. Um... It is very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, speaking of people who might be having one more match, uh, someone who's refusing to confirm or deny that. Uh, so what? earlier in this sort of week or so, it was it was reported, what? it's been reported on several sources that Stone Cold Steve Austin has been looking pretty swole, pretty pretty trim, pretty lean, pretty buff, pretty yeah. good. You know, like what you'd call like maybe ring shape. If you were, if, you I, know. I watched the, um, a video of him doing one of those sneaker buying things. Um, and it was it was like so complex. They've done one with the young books before, and the one with Stone Cold, which is weird because he was like walking around like, "Hey, I've never bought a pair of shoes like this before in my life." <laughs> oh damn, son! He ended up getting a pair of um. He he was well. He got a pair of Jordans, and he went. I wasn't a Jordan fan. I was a Kobe fan. And then they brought up these Kobe ones. He was like, "Oh, you throw them in there." And <laughs> the guy told how much it was. He was like. Never spent this much money on shoes before. He had like proper dad trainers on. Yeah. So basically, so he he's been spotted on on social media, like looking real buff, looking real trim. Um, someone asked him basically straight to on Instagram, "Are you preparing for a match?" And he basically just said no. He said um, he, he refused to confirm or deny that he's been in talks with WWE about a match at WrestleMania. But he basically said the work, the reason he's working out, he said yeah, I just got tired of looking like shit, so I wanted to, to get in shape. I mean, if he was having a match, it's Stone Cold. He's old school as shit. He ain't gonna tell anybody. No, no, you'll you you won't find out until the, until the glass he, breaks. He flat out denied it until WrestleMania. We came out and had a match. Yeah, he was like, "No, it's just just an angle, just a little segment." So I don't think you can read anything into this. I think this is just Stone Cold being Stone Cold. He's keeping, like you say, he's keeping his cards close to his chest. I, I mean, Twitter's telling me that it's going to be Austin versus Punk at WrestleMania. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Must be true. It's one of those feuds that like, we never got, despite the fact that like, 
they wouldn't they, they never like really overlapped in the company, did they? So mm. that would be that would be a cool one, but I just, I just can't see it. Uh, we have I, the, I think I can see it in uh, Austin Villa as a Cena. That'd be cool. Of, Actually, yeah, that'd be. If they if they do one, that's like kind of could because they've got similar styles on as well, so like a, they could work a relatively safe match. Yeah, yeah. Cena's not going to hurt anyone, is he? You know. No. No, Cena just gets hurt himself. Yeah. Uh, right, and one final piece of WWE news then um, regarding SummerSlam. 2023. So according to Fightful Select, it's not coming to the UK, despite what people might th- might have thought after Clash of the Castle. Um, WWE could possibly be taking SummerSlam to Detroit, Michigan. Um, yes. So this will be the first time SummerSlam's been in Detroit since 1993, so it'll be, the third, it'll be 30 years after it last appeared in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so to put in perspective, the, uh, the stadium they did it in last time is not there anymore. It's been knocked down. Was that... Um... The Silverdome? No, it was where the Pistons played. Oh, fair enough. Was, yeah, that's a mad name. I, I was going to write it down, and then I realised it didn't exist anymore. So it's like I don't need to. I don't need to care about that. Arena. It was something. It was some sort of arena. Uh, wasn't so that where? Wasn't that where Austin got hit by uh, the car when Rikishi did it for the Rock? No, not in nineteen ninety three. It wasn't. No, no. Then in, in I mean that the same arena. It was in the, I'll tell you now, the Palace of Auburn Hills. I don't believe that's a real place. <laughs> well, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. It was in Urban Hills, Michigan. Auburn Hills, Michigan. Um, it was, it closed in 2017. So not too long ago. Are you sure that's not the Joe Lewis Arena? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do Google while you talk amongst yourself, kids. No, no. It was, it's, it was one of the only... By the time it closed in NBA venue, it was one of only two arenas which had not sold its naming rights to a corporate sponsor. Okay. The the Joe Lewis... What did you say it was called? The Palace of Auburn Hills. Palace of Auburn Hills. Huh. That's weird. That it, in, a, in an odd com- co-ink, you think, then? I mean, someone might be able to tell us otherwise, but the Joe Lewis Arena also closed in 2017. So what you're saying is these are almost certainly the same building, even though they're not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I think the Joe Lewis Arena was where Austin got run over, wasn't that the Survivor Series? It was Survivor Series 99 when Austin, uh, when the car ran over Austin. Yeah, after further wikipedia it is the same place. (laughs) All right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, it replaced the... uh, Replaced the Pontiac Silverdome where WrestleMania three was, as the Detroit Pistons' um, home ground. Fun fact. Yeah, here we go. No, no, they're not the same. They're not the same buildings. Um, Joe Lewis oh, no, in, not. The Joe Lewis Arena was in downtown Detroit, and the Palace of Auburn Hills was in Auburn Hills. Michigan, they, just so, so. they just so happened to close the same year. I mean, so the, the Joe Lewis Arena opened in nineteen seventy nine, and the Palace didn't open until eighty eight. So, oh, fair enough. And that was the Joe Louis yeah. Arena was a hockey arena, and the Palace was an NBA basketball arena. Fair, yeah. So there you go. Where, so anyway, to, to bring this this tortured 
tortured news right into a close. Um, yeah, they're looking at three possible venues in Detroit. Um, that is Ford Field, which is the NFL stadium where the Detroit Lions play, uh, Comerica Park, which is the baseball stadium where the Detroit Tigers play, and Little Caesars Arena, which is the new basketball stadium where now the Detroit Pistons play. So Little nice. Caesars Arena is like the sort of the, the what they moved on to from that's from, from the, the no no from um the palace. See that that says he on Wikipedia the Joe Lewis as well. God damn it! This is so. I don't confusing. know where the I don't know where the Red Wings play now. Let's just, let's just. I mean the, the Red Wings are shit. So let's just. Yeah, I'm, I'm so confused. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, like I don't understand how a city can need four different arenas for four different sports that seems especially oh the interestingly the last ticketed event for the Joe Lewis arena um before it got demolished was a WWE event oh right and to, and to make it even more confusing the Red Wings also play in Little Caesars Arena alongside yeah, that's distance. where I got confused because it said it's the successor for the Little Caesars um Ford Field was also where WrestleMania 23 was yes Yes, One of the was. best WrestleManias of the last, what, 20 years? Almost 20 years. Yeah, let's say in the last 20 years. So, yeah, SummerSlam in Detroit. I mean, I know a few people were hoping that there might be a a proper premium live event in the UK They're this year. They're doing SummerSlam over here. No, it makes too much money in America. They're not going to move it. Why would they pay to do it all the way over in the UK when they still sell out in America? Like, you know, come on. Yeah. So, Tony Elite's not even doing it uh, AW pay per view. I mean, they've already got four, they've they? so they've got to be careful with, with who they put them. Five. Five? Or Forbidden Door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Woo, spooky. But, um, for, but for those who uh, who didn't see what I did, because I just realised it's audio, only this one, I've just done the finger waggle that I do on Discord when I say the Forbidden Door. The Scott Hall, like spooky fingers. <laughs> Right. Okay. I think on that on that note, that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for news. Again, not a lot of news, um, which is weird considering there's a pay per view like or a premium live event at the weekend. There's it's been a bit quiet on the WWE front. We haven't got any any bubblings about any big debuts or returns or anything like that. So yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of like teasing for things though. Yeah, I mean we're probably gonna get a big return at time recording on Raw tonight. We could we could be. Very, very out of date by the time. This <laughs> so, do you, do you, do you want to do you want, do you want to do you want to speculate wildly and see if we get it right? Uh, Beth Phoenix and the women's uh, war games. I think she's. Oh yeah, because Rhea's on the other side, isn't she? So because Rhea's on the other side, and she murdered Beth Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, right. We'll be speaking of war games. We'll be back to talk about that in just one second. Before we oh, do, would indicate that Edge is going to come back as well. Mm. Well, before we do get into war games, uh, we'll have a quick break on Jack's radio. Uh, you can have some audio slave because did you know Jay? Their debut album was twenty years old this year. I did, and, and that, that makes, makes me that, feel <laughs> that makes me really unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> bought that um, came out. I, I bought the day came out as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, have some audio slave. We'll see you in a few minutes, and we'll talk all about Survivor Series war games. Okay, and we're back. Uh, right, War Games, Jay. Um, currently, the Wikipedia article, which is where I get all my rest WWE information from, says there are four right. matches on the card, which I do not believe will be the case. I, I'm sure they're going to throw some together this week. There was a little bit of a teaser for something that was probably going to get announced. Um, 
I don't know, it's weird because war games usually goes about an hour at least. Yeah, really, I've got two war games matches on there, which, which are going to take some time. Like, if you think about it, when, when he did the TakeOver war games matches, they were like five match cards. Two yeah, of them so, being so, war games. Do you think they've got space for one more? Do you think there's like a an IC or a US title match to be put on there or something? They've been teasing Bray versus LA Knight. Mm, is that too soon though? Yeah, potentially. But then the, the the problem they've got is if they don't pull the trigger on that match at Survivor Series, then it's probably going to be like the Rumble when Bray wrestles. Yeah, and that's too, that's probably too far away. So you need that's too far. Um, mm. There is also the SmackDown World Cup final, which they've been teasing, which is looking like it's going to be Braun Strowman versus Ricochet, funnily enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's There's been, like, a lot of kind of stuff that they've been, like, building towards, but nothing, like, they could really concretely put on, I don't think. Also, what you got to remember is Roman's entrance takes about, like, 40 minutes alone, so... Yeah, true. Like that. But then again, I suppose if you're going into a cage in war games, isn't he? So, like the shot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, right. Okay. We'll, we'll run through the card real quick. Um, and we'll sort of, I'll let you pick winners because I'd be literally rolling dice, uh, which I have done before. And it's, it's saved me all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, we've got AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. And this is like this is going to be your sort of um, a work rate match. Well, it's, it's going to be a work rate match, but I think there's also going to be a lot of fuckery as well because it literally says with the OC and me and for AJ Styles and with Judgment Day for Finn Balor. So there's going to be a lot of people at ringside for this one. Well, what's interesting with that is as well as that Rhea and Mia uh, in um, War Games as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think. You know, you know, you know. AJ Styles hasn't won a, a pay per view match, singles match, for three years. Yeah, and that might continue because the they seem to be having like Judgment Day winning by lots of fuckery. Mm. Uh, yeah, I could go either way. Genuinely yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't know how to. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because like a couple of years ago, you think, oh, they've given up on Finn Balor, so AJ Styles just win. But now he's he's got the second win. Now I could, Triple H loves him. Like you know, he's getting a big push. He's got the Judgment Day. They're his, they're his guys now. So I feel like AJ just because Finn's been kind of getting one over on AJ quite a lot recently. Fair. Um, next up then, uh, singles match for the SmackDown Women's Champion, um, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Ronda. Yeah, I mean Shotzi. I love. We all love Shotzi, but like the way she she's just been thrown into the meat grinder, isn't she? You know. Yeah, and it, I mean it's it's a nice way to kind of showcase Shotzi. They've they've, they've been doing a thing where Shane like murdered Shotzi, so Raquel Gonzalez has got Shotzi's back. But right, yeah, don't really, don't really care. Then we'll talk. Uh, so the two war games matches. Um, the first of the women's war games match: Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and. Well, at this point of at the point of recording, TBD. Yeah, it's an odd Probably. way of spelling. That's an odd way of spelling Beth Phoenix. Yeah, or she <laughs> maybe not Charlotte. I saw a, I saw like an, an article and it was like, oh, 
it, it was like it was like horrible clickbait on one of these websites, and it was like um, fifth war games member revealed question mark, and it was like yeah, it's Dana Brooke, and I was like whoa. I mean, Dana Brooke's been involved <laughs> in the angle. Yeah, this is I think. But, why do wrestling news companies or Twitter accounts get worked so easily? Know it. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, 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 thing, the thing for me that made me think it was possibly Beth was the fact that the shown in the build-up video uh, Rhea can share to him, Beth. Right. Uh, and, and that they're going against a team of yeah. Damage Control being Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Uh, Nikki Cross, who's obviously back as Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Um, yeah. Good seeing there. Yeah. See, if this feud was like kind of a little bit fresher, I'd say probably be the faces that win. But they did a little tease of um of Rhea and Bianca a couple of weeks ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rhea picked up the victory over back over Bianca. Yeah, just if Rhea gets the pin just to give her like sort of a reason to to chat to push on and challenge for the title. Like a sort of legitimacy. Is it is it pinfall or submission? I thought it was just submission. I don't fucking know. I can't remember. Probably change the rules anyway. Yes. Don't worry about it. OG, um, OG War Games was uh, submission or knockout or, or no, it was just submission. But yeah, Triple H probably tried to modernize it. It doesn't say on the article who ever beat who beat who. Yeah, it's fine. The last oh bloody hell, the last um the last WCW War Games match had the fucking Harris brothers in. Yeah, don't worry about it. Ugh. Let's stop. Let's stop looking at that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I think I think uh, I think Damage Control are a good shout here. The heels because uh, that yeah. up, that's that's such a potential for the men's war games match to have a face win, which I think would be nice. Um, yeah, Rhea, like they, you can do it as well by having Roman not involved anywhere near that as well to protect them. Yeah. So right. So yeah, we'll go to we'll move on to the men's one then. So the men's one is the Bloodline, which is the team of Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and the Usos. That's Jimmy and Jay versus the Brawling Brutes. That's Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. I, I mean, that is that is a stacked like group of lads. There, isn't it? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. And what what's good is they've kind of like done a little bit of like legwork to build up that Kevin Owens or Sheamus could pick up the victory in that match and set them up for a feud with Roman. So mm. I, I think, again, I feel I feel like these two War Games matches are being put in place to set up a title match for whoever picks up a win. And they've done a good job, I think, here. Like, and I'm critical of, of what they've done with um, the titles and the, the bloodline in particular with the belts. Mm-hmm. But... But I know it's it sort of cost them everything else, but they've set up a really cool scenario where like the bloodline are obviously they're quite united, they're quite strong, they're together, they've got all the gold, but they are an island now and like the sharks are circling. So you've got, like you said, Seamus, you've got Kevin Owens sniffing around, Dick Drew McIntyre's still there. These are all people who've had prob- who've had issues with Roman during his title reign. Yeah. And like and they've they've had if you know that he's made these powerful enemies. All right, the bloodline is still really strong, they're still really unified, but like the you feel like the the sort of the sort of weight of of fire is shifting now, and it's like it, it, it's like how how many of how many of these challenges can they really hold off? Like how many, you know, the, the deck's getting stacked, and it's it's starting to look a little bit unfavorable towards the bloodline. Like the the, the numbers are sort of piling up a bit now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like this could be the start of like the sort of end game of Roman's title ring. Like, if, if they're smart about it, they could do it where the, the cracks start showing here. Mm. And then by the time he gets to WrestleMania, he's on his own. It's, as you said, and as, if it happens, how it will happen, Roman could lose here through no fault of his own. Like, Jimmy or Jay or Sammy could take a pin. Oh, Sammy's 100% eating the loss in this match. <laughs> Honorary oofs, Sammy's in. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel like they're going to have Sammy eat the pin get kicked out of the bloodline and then Sammy and Kevin can go into a feud with the Usos. I was going to say, like that that moment when Rowan rips Sammy's on use t-shirt off him and beats him within an inch of his life is going to be like the most, it's like fucking Bambi, I, isn't it? I I still think that Sammy should be the guy to the throw Rowan. Or at least be like one of the last people to challenge Rowan before he loses it. And like the, the first one you really kind of believe, fuck, he could do this. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you excited about about war games, about Survivor Series? I war mean, games? I really enjoy war games matches. I will say, it feels so like Survivor Series has had this problem, hasn't it, for the last few years since they started doing brand v brand, where like they basically just have a month where you stop all your storylines, and then everyone who was, was feuding with you like three weeks ago, they're all of a sudden they're wearing the same color t shirts and they're all out there like doing those stupid invasions, which make no sense, yeah. and. And it, it sort of like derailed the whole like momentum of like the company storylines and the booking. At least now, like this is they're actually using this to to sort of. I mean, this is a huge match, like the Bloodline versus the you know all those other guys in a War Games match. This this is a yeah. this is like a focal point of the feud, which is which is pretty cool. Whereas normally it'd just be sort of thrown to one side for a month. So it's I think it's a lot smarter to use this massive match to promote these like these big sort of clashes, which yeah, which feels really good. Yeah, I like the Triple H kind of like come out and was like. For Survivor Series, we're not going to do brand v brand. We're going to continue storylines, and we're going to do that with war games. And I, th- I think looking at looking at the kind of card, they probably they probably might add like a traditional Survivor Series. Match. I was going to say that's the only thing I'm a little sad about is that there's no. I mean, I know Aaron's going to be fucking howling like he's going to be crying himself to sleep if there's no Survivor Series match on this card. That's like his favorite. That's like his favorite thing it, in wrestling. It's his favorite pay per view Survivor Series. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I can see them adding a traditional Survivor Series, maybe two. Who knows? I mean, the thing is, like with traditional Survivor Series matches, is they can whittle them out quite quickly. Yeah, and it's a, and it's a good way of getting people on the card as well because it's eight guys or getting girls. <laughs> well, ten, not ten, yeah, five pe- five people per team, isn't it? But I I think I think that's why War Games have been put in in the format it has been, in that it's like. Two teams of five, um, yeah. because then it, it's it can kind of be like a a surrogate for, and it's so odd because five. like a war games match is like the opposite of a survivor series match. The survivor series match you start one or everyone starts at once and then it whittles down, whereas war games you start one v one and then it builds up. So in in many ways yeah. it's like the the actual polar opposite of a survivor series match. Yeah, and and also the other the other thing is that obviously, uh. This is the twentieth anniversary of the elimination chamber, the first elimination chamber match at the two thousand and two Survivor Series. Yeah. Um. Or not the twentieth anniversary. Sorry, twenty years on. I should say. Um. So the nineteenth anniversary. The nineteenth anniversary. I'm not doing the W. Because WrestleMania two was the second anniversary of WrestleMania. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but um. 
it, it's cool because obviously that was like kind of their way of get sort of like satisfying Triple H because he was like pestering them for war games, and they're like, "We'll we'll do this instead." Ah, so it's cool. Just just it's throw cool. a just throw, just throw a cheeky elimination chamber match in there. Let like, do it for the IC title. Like good to just murder five people. Oh, that'd be good. That would be good. But they'd have to do it like somewhere else. Because... <laughs> you can't suspend like two cages and the elimination chamber over the same ring because people will die. Yeah, to be honest, I'm okay with them doing elimination chamber as a gimmick pay per view still because they all they've been doing it recently, haven't they? Where it's like, well, in recent years, where it's whoever doesn't, whichever brand's champion doesn't win the rumble, um, gets a like defends it in um in the chamber. Yeah, well, I mean, the... you could just do it in the car park. You could do just stick, just stick it out there, just like yeah. Even if it's pissed down rain, just let him go. <laughs> yeah, guys, you wouldn't give a shit. Um, well, it's, it's in Boston. It's in Boston. It'll probably rain. To be fair, yeah. Um, oh, definitely be rain. It's in Boston. Yeah. Oh fucking hell! You are you excited for the impending Sasha Banks is coming back? Well, that's I mean, until they clarify who that TBD is, it's you know Sasha Banks <laughs> intensifies. Yeah. Never mind. She just changed all her social media to a real name, but you know. Yeah. And trademarked and trademark stuff in her real name as well, but you know. And she said um that she's almost at the day that she's allowed to do stuff again. Yeah. But she's, hey. got, but she's got to take November off. Right. Um well, that's it then. So yeah, I mean yeah. Will, will, are you gonna be watching <laughs> on I am I'm Saturday I'm night? actually as I say, I'm actually really excited about it. I love war games, so and I I feel like the two really like well built matches. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I think I think this like this week from like full gear to Survivor series has the potential to be one of the best weeks of wrestling like all year round. Like Saturday to Saturday, just like Yeah. Because uh, there's GCW stuff I've got to catch up on as well. Apparently um Cardona and Jordan Oliver had an absolute banger. Yeah, I heard good things about that. So probably gonna watch that after this. Sound All right then. Well, uh, well, before we take one more break, we will give you a little advert. Obviously, yeah, as is our way now. Um, it's the same one again. So you know, but it's always fun. Cause we always do it a little different. We always do a little advert. We always get a little loose with, it, don't we? So you know, keep yeah, it fun. Man. We keep we keep we keep it fun. We keep it interesting. Uh, right. So, are you having trouble sleeping, but always feel tired? It's time to try Recovery PM and see why thousands of customers keep coming back for more. Most over-the-counter sleep aids are just melatonin. The problem with this is that if you can't relax and fall asleep in the first place, that melatonin is just going to make you feel irritable. Recovery PM is a professional blend of nine clinically proven natural sleep aids and tranquilizers plus magnesium. So you're going to relax and then experience deep sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to attack the day. Your whole life is affected by a lack of sleep. Your work, your relationships, your mood, your performance. And guys, that includes in the bedroom. Did you know that lack of sleep reduces your testosterone as much as by aging 10 years? So upgrade to Recovery PM for 30 days and you'll be amazed how you feel. Thousands of people already have and over 85% of them come back for more. So Jay, I mean, obviously you're, as, as we say every week, you're, you're the sort of case study here. You're the... Um, yeah. You're the, you're, yeah. the guinea, you're the guinea pig. You've been you've been actually trying the product. Um, I have. Um, I'm about a week in. Uh, didn't take any for full gear for obvious reasons, but <laughs> yeah, and you still I, fell asleep. That's how well it works. It's conditioned yeah, you to fall um, asleep. But that that being said, uh, I had some last night, and um, I honestly felt great today. Um, didn't I woke up, 
a normal time. Didn't feel groggy at all. Um, felt great. Felt really like felt like I'm, I. I do feel like I'm getting a lot more energy than I I had previously had. Whatever, like not obviously not been sleeping well. Mm. So I I feel like I can definitely see the change and see the benefits. Um, yeah, if you want fifteen percent off the product, uh, use the discount code UWP at recoverypm.com or legacysubs.com for 15% off. 15% off. That's UWP all in capsules. So UWP all in capsules. Uh, 15% off your entire order. So you can get the best sleep of your life today at recoverypm.com or legacysubs.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, um, we're going to have another quick little break on Jacks. If you're, if you're listening, uh, we have some music. Uh, we're going to have some some from the Beatles and for no reason at all something from Kansas something from Kansas yeah wonder what that could be I have no idea <laughs> see you in a second alright we're back uh, we're going to do some AEW bits and bobs we're going to do some news first we'll rattle a bit of news off and then uh, I think the majority of this is going to be talking about full gear because that was a that was obviously that was a big thing that happened this week um, we both watched it you say we're back. You could say we're carrying on my way with son. We are carrying on. We will yeah, carry on. I, carry on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So well, I mean, before we get to before we get to full gear, we'll run a bit of news. We've got a few little bits of bobs. Um, there's there's a big piece of news you've missed out here, and I'm quite surprised by that. Which one? Do you the, like sign- you? the signing. Yeah. I was going to talk about that on like, the rampage bit because it was like on rampage, mm-hmm. wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, well, it, I think it's well, it was sort of officially confirmed. AR Fox like... as well. Yeah. So this week, AR Fox has signed with um, with AEW and f- f- to, to make me the happiest man in the world, beautiful, beautiful Kanosuke Takeshita has also signed a deal with AEW. Yeah. Did you see the tweet he put up before? What, about, like, now he lives in America? Like, what should he do first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make friends, buy a car, or buy a house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, I saw him like last night. Was it last night, the night before, he was out in a bar drinking old fashions, which is just phenomenal. What a guy! I, <laughs> I love to. So yeah, so obviously there was a big, um, a big DDT Pro presence over the weekend. Um, I know John Akiyama flew over to wrestle. Um, the, the president of DDT Pro was over as well. Obviously, this this was all sort of bro- brokered through Kenny Omega, who's got a really good relationship with DDT Pro. Yeah, and yeah, you you just love to see it, don't you? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right. Well, moving on to the news I have written down. Um, so the first first point, uh, speaking on One Fall with Ron Funches, and if you've never listened to anything with Ron Funches on, get on him. Ron's a good guy, and he, he loves his wrestling, and he's a really entertaining like fella to listen to. He, he's, he's got some really cool opinions. He used um, to do commentary. Sorry? He used to do commentary, didn't he? Who for? Um, oh, I'm not too sure. I did commentary for an indie company. Let me double check that. I want to say it was on Spring Break, actually. Oh, right, okay. I know he's, he's a huge wrestling fan, which is, yeah. which is awesome. Um, he also voices King Shark in the Harley Quinn animated series. So there you go. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's done he's done some bits with WWE as well, hasn't he, in the past? and. Yeah, he's been very, he's been very, very complimentary about AEW since their inception. Um, yeah. It doesn't actually say anything about that on his Wikipedia page. I know he, he brought some, he's, you know, he brought some shoes out earlier this year. He actually has been the um, Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Champion in DDT. 
Oh, nice. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Ron Funt is top guy, uh, top wrestling fan. Um, likes his likes his shoes. Yeah, give him give him give him a shout. He's he's really he's really fun, really cool to listen to. I've I've heard him on a few video game podcasts because he's a big video game guy as well, and he always chats a bit of wrestling on those as well, which is quite cool. But this is his own this is his own deal. One four with Ron Funches. So Brian Danielson was on there, and. Uh, in his own words, he stated he's going to be quote pretty much done as a full time wrestler when his AEW contract's up. So was that a, do you reckon that was a three year deal? I think it was it was three or five. Yeah, I can't remember the exact. It it, it was it was heavily like mooted what it was. Mm, it's not yeah. it's not like been officially like like stated has it, which is uh, mm. uh, and the thing is the thing is though with Danielson is he could quite easily like basically stay in AEW, but do like a reduced schedule. Well, he said, he also said, like after, he said that as a full-time wrestler, he wants the end of his contract to be the end of that, but he said he'd love to just keep wrestling occasionally. Like he, he, he gave like examples of like Terry Funk, Jerry Law, like guys who just sort of like soft retired and just kept going the odd match here and yeah. there. He also said, talking about his retirement eventually, he said he doesn't want to have like a big grand planned out retirement match. He said he, he just loves his idea of just wrestling an indie show in front of like 300 people and then that's the last time he ever wrestles. Yeah, that, that's a very Brian Danielson <laughs> way of doing it as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, it's, it feels really sad to think of a, a, a world where Brian Danielson doesn't wrestle anymore, doesn't it? You know, now that we've... We, cause, Especially... Because like he, he, he already retired, and then we got him back, and it's like, oh my God, he's got this like awesome second chance, and he just wanted to just do it forever, but obviously, you know, he knows his body better than anyone. Yeah. And he's been, he, he's been quite smart, hasn't he, with like the way he's, he's not like... He's not took too many like huge risks since coming back. Yeah, obviously he's been working a lot stiffer since like leaving WWE. But the only like real like sort of like risky talk was um, Anarchy in the Arena, which was obviously when like when he got injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Moving on to the next one. Um, it's interesting to note as we saw um, over the weekend, we saw some more. Gameplay footage for AEW Fight Forever, the upcoming video game. Looked really cool. We saw some lights out. Uh, saw some blood. Um, we saw a load. We saw a load more wrestlers in the game as well. Uh, we had little little talking head bits from Moxley and Hangman and Britt Baker, which was pretty cool. Yeah. However, one thing we didn't see. Yeah, I had really weird teeth in the game. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, one thing we didn't see was CM Punk on the front cover because he has been removed. Yeah, the cover's now just six Ricky Starks. Um, <laughs> it's just a close-up. It's just the actual... It's like, um, like you know, those old Simpsons DVD cases. It's just in yeah. the shape of Ricky Starks' face. <laughs> I, I just I just want, like, one of those special edition sleeves. Yeah. For, like, <laughs> like, like, you get for FIFA for, like, the team you support. <laughs> it's just Ricky Starks. Um, just everyone just Ricky is Ricky Starks. Starks posing. <laughs> All I want. So, yeah, it's it's been a... Is it MGF on the front in the middle now or something? Or... Uh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. No, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's bite victim Kenny Omega. It's um, it's it looks a lot better actually. Not just because Punk's not on it, but like the color. It's like blue and something now instead of like green and white. It's like blue and white instead of yeah, green, instead white. of that weird, instead of that weird green, which is a color that's never been associated with AW, and I don't know how it ended up on there. Yeah. You, you think like black and gold would be the way to go on this, wouldn't you? But you, I mean, you would. But um, yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows? Whatever. But anyway, Fight Forever is looking pretty cool. Uh, there's been also conflicting stories this week about it it being on Game Pass and not being on Game Pass. So 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, just just from looking at um interestingly, just from looking at uh Argos's website right now. Cause I was, trying, I was trying to I was trying to look at the uh, the new cover just to see who else is on it. Um they've still got the old cover listed up there. Yeah, I mean, to be so, fair, no, nobody works for Argos is rushing out on like a Monday to um, update the AEW cover out, are they? You know. Here we go. I found the new one. Um, so the the new one, it's actually got more people on it as well. It's got oh cool, uh, got Kenny Hangman, Britt, uh, MJF, Mox, Brian Danielson, Orange Cassidy, Sting, Jericho, and Jade. Oh, nice! Like, you could love to see Jade on there. That, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, you, like you, you can probably draw. You like can probably draw from that. That all those people will be in the game, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I think Punk's still going to be in a playable character in the game. I just think that. What if he's just like the training dummy that you do all your moves on now? Oh, imagine if it's just like. It's just your training thing. It's just Kenny V Trigger and Punk re- repeatedly. And it's, it's just like Cole Cabana who's training you on the outside going, hit him again, hit him again. Or you, you just see the books like repeatedly super kick and Punk, and then as Kenny's like, just getting Larry out the way. <laughs> uh, right speaking more about stuff at the weekend um, Fightful Select reported that all four members of the House of Black were backstage at AEW Full Gear uh, which basically suggests that their return to programming is probably quite imminent um, potentially even this week maybe um, I honestly thought they were going to return at um, Full Gear so there was that. We'll talk about it a bit more when we get to it. But there was that little moment, wasn't it, at the start of the trios match when Death Triangle in the ring and like Pack was like, "What the fuck's going on? Where are you?" Mm. And what if, like, what if House of Black had come out there and just been like, "Yo," I mean, it would have got booed out the building because everyone wanted the elite, but I would have liked it. What? What? If, what if they'd made it triple threat trios match? Oh, that would have been fucking insane. That would have just been like a disaster in the best possible way. Just, just that a buddy, uh, buddy and uh, Kenny doing like the Spider Man meme thing. Uh, <laughs> Robbie killing everything. Yeah, Pat getting more and more angry about the fact, and then Malachi doing Black Six on all the, all the young books. Yeah, that'd be uh, lovely. Back into Generation Me. <laughs> a roundhouse kick and Nick Jackson so hard he wakes up and wants to go and get cooed on by Tara. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. So yeah, so good. House of Black back. Obviously, they've, they've been putting out those awesome vignettes. Um, I think it, it, I think Troy put on Discord before. Um, it's I think it was actually confirmed that it was actually the guy from um, Hellraiser who, who did the um who did the voiceover. So yeah, that's yeah. that. That's really cool. Uh, right, and then one person who could be on his way out of AW, someone we've not seen for a little while, um, Andrade Elidlo posted, yes, I put tweeted, but I think it was actually on Instagram, he put a picture of him looking at his uh, his mask, his black mask that he wears for his entrance, um, suggesting he might be done with AW, um, writing, I just want to say thank you, uh, by hashtag how you know. So this can be one of two things, either, because Andrade likes to troll people, doesn't he? He's fucking it, weird, isn't he? It could mean that he's done, it could mean that he's leaving, or it could mean that he's getting rid of the mask and he's actually saying goodbye to the mask. You know, it's. I, I reckon he's. I don't know. I don't know. He's a. He's very like. He loves to wind. He, 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 he loves to wind people on the internet, doesn't he? He loves it. Yeah. And he, when when he when he spits his dummy out about something, it like look at WWE when he wouldn't release him. And yeah. he was just like posting stuff until he went off. Oh, for fuck's sake, just fine. <laughs> he's he's massive carny, isn't he? Yeah, in the best possible way. 
I mean, if he does, if he comes back, great. I think he's really good. I like him. If he does go, then also fine. I hope he goes wherever he's happiest. And we've got Bandido now in AW, so he can do all that nonsense. And Roosh. It's a bit, it's just a bit weird if, like, after all that time of waiting to get Roosh into AW, as soon as Roosh arrives, he gets suspended and then gets released. Then it's there's something, there's something a bit tragic about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, as we said, they they still got Roosh. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. He was uh, more. He, he was he was featured heavily, well, not heavily. He was he was mentioned quite a bit on um this week's BTA, which which went live just before we recorded this. Roosh bag. Yeah. According to John, John Silver, he did things to John Silver's face. But it didn't come in his face. He jumped in his face. Didn't come in his face, no. He, he, was, he, he made that very clear. Um, right. right. Um, on that note, I think that's going to do us for AW News. Um, we'll have another little quick break on Jax if you're there. Yeah, you can have some Weezer. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes to talk it all about full gear and some other little bits and bobs. Okay, we're back. Right. Um I don't know. Should we just should we just rattle dynamite down real quick and just sort of go through the, any bits that we really liked? Yeah, I I mean I said to you before I can't really remember. Like I think it's just because of how much good wrestling has been this week. I'm struggling yeah. to remember. Full gear kind down. of pushes everything out, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, little bit, little bit. So just looking at the um, just looking at the the match card. I mean, the the, the, the one that jumps out at me, the two, well, the two things jump out at me, or three, or fuck, three things. Um, it's all flooding back now. Four things, Jesus Christ. Okay, first of all, Death Triangle versus Tough Light and Air Fox was an absolute that was a masterclass. Bad, yeah. That was so good. Oh. Uh, remember when Darius Martin was like meant to be out for like another six months, and he just came back and like wrestled like a five star. Surprised everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that was awesome. This is also the match that got AR Fox side. Apparently, like Tony Khan, if you wanna if you wanna uh, get an AEW contract, just draw five stars on TV and Tony Khan will have a contract waiting for you when you get backstage. Yeah, he, he actually um he, he actually uh said he wanted to use him more as a trainer as well, didn't he? Yes, he wants him to do some coaching. Uh, it's great. This is AR Fox. This is really good for AR Fox. He's one of those like he's not quite at the same like level of journeyman, but he's on that Eddie Kingston track of like he's worked hard all his career, like never really got the breaks. And this is like his big chance now on yeah. like a televised product, which is really awesome to see. He he was hev- well not heavily, but he was prominently featured in um, Lucha Underground for a little bit as well. Yeah. Yes, he was. He had a again. If, we, we've mentioned it before on here, I'm sure. But if you haven't oh, seen yeah. it, go, go and watch the um, the match he had with Killshot, aka uh, Swerve. Yeah, it's very that was, good. That was fucking phenomenal. Um, also, other things I loved on this show. Um, well, we'll start out with uh, the Acclaims music video, "Hand for a Hand." Yeah. Yes. Followed I mean, by. I Swerve. mean, the, the Acclaim never miss with these things, do they? Mm, followed by Swerve doing an actual murder. Oh, Swerve just. Destroying Anthony Bowens in like the most nasty way possible. Like but one thing that's kind of like not gone unsaid, but it's definitely flew under the radar a bit. Is like Swear's character work in this feud with? Oh, it's been it's been next level. It's like and it's 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 mm. been it's been so important because it's all hinged. This whole program has hinged on Swear's ability to make people hate him. Yeah, like I I remember when he debuted and I said to you guys like. When he turns heel, it's going to be like game changing. Mm. And like I know, like um, quite a few, like pe- quite a f- like few uh, people on Discord, I'd really seen him as a heel. And I was just like, just fucking wait. Oh, yeah, like you got to wait, t- wait till he goes full bastard, and then like then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, 
and we're we're on the precipice of that now, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see we're going to see it built towards revolution now. I think revolution's going to be terrifying. Yeah, I think Keith Lee's in danger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really, that was. Uh, I think I don't think "fun" is the right word to describe Anthony Bones v Swerve Strickland, but it was certainly a, an insane that, match. That arm break spot at the end was fucking vile. Mm. It was real. We also had Ethan Page v Bandito, which was, oh, was fun. Banger. Ethan Page, bad. Ethan Page is just a guy who can just go with anyone, can he? You know, he, he can wrestle yeah. anyone. And Bandito is, you know, if you can't have a good match with Bandito, then what are you doing? Yeah, that's it. Um, did also have the uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus JAS tag match, which was really fun. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um, again, I was I was struggling to get invested in that, like the mm. whole like program. It just felt like I don't know. I think I'm just well. Luckily now that for time to fly, I was just a bit like mentally checked out the whole Blackpool Combat Club JAS feud. I think it just gone on a little bit too yeah, long. Yeah, it's gone on very long. So very, I don't think I, I was long. I was struggling to care really, um, and especially that opened the show mm. and like I just sort of it was like it was like I just, like, sort of sat through it and was like oh, this, I mean it was it was a good match, but it just. The stakes didn't do anything like, for me. I like the finish. The finish was good, yeah, yeah. Um the finish with the base blower. That's fun. Yeah. Um we also had um actually a really quite nice promo from Soraya and then a really good promo from Brett. Mm. Samojo called really good promos as well. Yeah, Samojo does Samo, that that sort of like Samojo when he's in this sort of character where he's like, I'm like the elder statesman, I'm like I'm the I'm the I'm the top of the food chain. I'll fuck you up. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like that version of Joe we get. Um, Tony Storm Anna Jay was was fine. Um, I don't think it was very fair on Anna Jay to have a expected to step in at short notice and produce a, a classic match. She's still, I think she's still working back from that injury. She's still not quite got herself back on the track, the fast track she was on before she got hurt. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, I thought she did, she did fine, and then it was a weird ending, wasn't it? Because like for the for the first time in a long time. We ended with a promo, which was basically just Moxley and MJF, and it was very good. But it felt AEW's kind of conditioned me to expect like big matches to end the show. I I feel like the ending of this dynamite kind of telegraphed what happened at Full Gear. Mm. Like I was more convinced about. What actually well, happened? Like, the, the, the second MGF said the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. It was like, well, fuck, someone's turning. It's probably real. Yeah, and the fact that he came out as like a baby face, but like still cheated. I was like, okay, well, basically, they're gonna. And the, I, I don't know. It's weird because they can go two ways here. They can lean into MGF being a baby face because everyone wants to cheer him, or they can. They can then now have people being like shocked. But they, I saw I saw a really good point on Twitter, which was if they want if they want MJF to get booed, they need someone like obscenely over to mm-hmm. go against them. Like Ricky Starks was a good example because he can he can hold his own on the mic, and he'll he'll be able he'd be able to kind of like do the back and forth. Oh, or, or for example, an Eddie Kingston. Or Eddie King, Eddie Kingston, Danielson, and Ricky Starks were the three that kind of got like mm. sort of like listed off by a lot of people. Which I was like, yeah, that's that's a pretty fair point. I, remember, yeah. I think it was Alvarez. 
All right. Uh, right, we'll move on to Rampage real quick. Um, I can't really yeah. talk much about Rampage because I've only seen the first match. So I got in. I was away all weekend, so I missed. Um, that, I wasn't able to watch it on Ricky, Friday. That Ricky so, dressed as a hockey player. I saw that. So I, I got in at like half 11 on uh, Saturday night. Obviously, the pre-show started at 12. So I literally just threw it on, watched the first match. And then because obviously there were three matches on the pre-show, I had to watch the pre-show. So I yeah. only saw RGV Stark. I, lo- I, lo- I really liked it. It felt really old school. Like it started in the back and then they sort of dragged it into, like they dragged it through, didn't they? And like sort of like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really, really awesome. Um, shades of, obviously shades of um, Cage. I know this was set. This was the setup, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so this was the match before the rank. I've got these all out of sequence because they, they all happened within like yeah. forty minutes for me. So it, it's like it, it, <laughs> I can't process when they all took place. It was um, you hit the nail on the head though when you said like an attitude there in match. Uh, even down to like the way Ricky was dressed, where he was wearing like a um, a Devils jersey. He was wearing a yeah New Jersey Devils, uh, New Jersey Devils jersey. Easy for me to say. Um, that he then like turned into like a crop top, yeah, and then breast pants and loafers. I really like the finish as well. So obviously he could, there was no way he was ever getting Archer up for the Rochambeau, but he, he got him with like a spear, and then he like sort of rolled through it as well into a, into yeah. a pin, which was really really cool. Yeah, um, and then Archer like murdered Ricky. Yeah, Archer murdered I, him afterwards. He, he powerbomb, he choke slammed him on a uh, on the steel steps. That that's the thing that I think. The really, it feels like the prime and Ricky Starks for like MJF's first challenger. Mm-hmm. It, it's, 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 there's a lot <clears> then. <throat> so, obviously, the reason this all got sort of fucked around was because Ricky Starks wasn't medically cleared to wrestle, mm. uh, but they delayed the whole tournament so that he could, which make, makes it sort of feel which, like he might be winning it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely made it feel like, well, the plan is Ricky versus Paige in the final, which I kind of wish they'd. Is winter coming? It's not this week, it's the week after, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of wish they had another week that they could like kind of we could get a few promos with Ricky and yeah, Ethan Page. They're, again, they're both like red hot on the mic, aren't they? So that'd be really but, good fun. But the the outcome of this would be that <laughs> see after Ricky won oh. on Rampage, he put on Twitter um like about like being on the full gear card, and he put in, like brackets. By the way, tell him it's in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. I'll back to my, one of my favourite tweets, which is when uh, Brian Cage asked Ricky where the Philly street fight was, and he just replied, in Philly, you big dumb bitch. Yeah, R- Ricky sucks. Like, <laughs> I-, I know I'm very biased because he's one of my favourite wrestlers, but the guy's so fucking good. He is. He's just, he's just, like, he is just liquid charisma, isn't he? Like, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't teach what he's got. It's like... He, he's just got, he's just got it, hasn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like it's, it's time to like do something with him, whether that's give him a mid card title or have him like within the world title picture and eventually win the title. Yeah, I feel like it's a they're at the point with Ricky Starks where he's he's about to be as like hot as like MJF was going into this pay per view. Yeah, he, 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 certainly feels like, he certainly feels like a guy like he, he's got he's about to catch that like Daniel Bryan sort of like groundswell, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a couple of people we'll, we'll talk about it um, after we run through full gear um, that I I think could be good contenders to take the to be the next AEW champion. Yeah, and we'll have that conversation at the end. 
Um, yeah. Right, before, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Foggy, before, before we get there, so I, that's, that's all I saw on Rampage. Um, anything oh, else? You, anything yeah. else you enjoyed? Uh, I, I mean, I'm saving. Yes. I'm saving Kings and Northeast versus Akiyama and Takeshita for like a rainy day. That's that, I'm going to craft it out on like Thursday or something and watch that as like a little treat. Well, um, that was very very enjoyable. I think you will like that quite a lot. Um, yeah, there was um, there was Hook and Lee Moriarty. This was the biggest test Hook had had so far. Um, really, really close match as well. Yeah. Um, the finish was awesome. It was. Hook reversing a border city stretch into a red run pretty much from out of nowhere and Moriarty just tapping immediately. Nice. Uh, but Mari- Moriarty had like control for the majority of the match. And I'm guessing um, I'm guessing the thing they just murdered Madison Ray. Well, yeah, she oh, so there was there was a Russian Jose the assistant thing, which was what was heavily muted on um being the Dark Order this week. Right. Uh, which was that silver challenge that um Jose, the assistant, and Rooster to a match between him and 10. And 10 just kind of like stormed off. And then he wasn't there. Yeah, that's why he wasn't on BTA. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Athena basically just did an absolute murder on Madison Rain. Um, and then after the match, like she, oh, she debuted a new finisher as well. It was like, oh, a, cool. it was like a GTS, but like kneeing them in the, Nina in like the neck instead of the uh, face. Oh, and, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be distressing working Sarai take that in a few weeks. <laughs> I got understand. Yeah. Then uh, after the match, uh, Aubrey Edwards tried to like pull Athena off Madison and Athena just like clocked Aubrey, which got like an wow. audible gap from yeah, the crowd. That, that's how you get the heat. Oof, that's um, yeah, and then Mercedes Martinez came back, so it looks like we're getting Athena versus Mercedes at uh, Final Battle. There was the evil Danhausen video package as well. Yeah, where... but I mean, we, we'll talk about that in the. Uh, we'll talk about that now in full gear. So, and there was also a House of Black thing. Oh sweet! I'll check that. I'll, I'll make sure I check that out as well. Which was very good. Sweet. Very, um, um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So speaking of full uh, gear, let's get right into it. Um. Into full gear. First off, before we even start talking about it, I. I know we 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 were sort of split on this. I think this Bell to Bell is the best pay per view AW have ever done. Ever Bell Bell to Bell for, for in terms of pure match quality, I, th- I think not tops this. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I I I think it it's definitely in my top three. I mean, I know you're going to want to put all out above this twenty one. Um, are you really going to tell me that a match that had Christian Cage in the main event is better than this card? I think All Out was better for the moments. That's it. Like, All Out had the big surprises and like the big moments. Yeah. I think this, like I said, a bell to bell, like in terms of minute to minute match quality, I think this is the best AW ever done. I, I mean, the the best way to put it is this card had three matches. I'm putting in my match of the match of the year. Oh yeah, thing for the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to make up a, a fair chunk. Um, so let's get into them anyway. Uh, so we started out with Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Rocky Romero, and a very mysterious, a very evil mystery partner versus the factory, that being QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarato, and Cole Carter. Um, obviously, the, the the best friends start out at a man disadvantage because their mystery partner does not appear. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't realize, I didn't recognize Nick Camarato without his stupid clothes on. So that's how well he's doing is getting himself over as like that character for me. I was like, why is he not wearing his weird hat? Um, or he's he, like, he looked, he looked like a young Bobby Roode. He did. He really did. Um, the hair is beautiful. Um, so the, the sort of the turning point of this match, I mean, it's it's all these it's all these regular stuff like Trent is doing sick neck bumps, Rocky Ramirez having fun, Chuck Taylor's doing Chuck Taylor things. Um, the match sort of turns on QT Marshall trying to um, pile drive Orange Cassidy onto the steel steps like he did to Danhausen uh, the other week. Uh, as this happens, Danhausen's like evil theme music comes in, which is it's the one he used in the Indies, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yes. Um, Danhausen. Danhausen comes out. He's got his spooky makeup on. He's got a big spike. He's got a jar of teeth. It was "Kill for You" by Twitching Tongues. That's the one. Um, but yeah, I remember when everyone said, "Why isn't Danhausen allowed to do any wrestling?" Well, watch this match. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that they brought like the evil Danhausen, like a, a, as well treating it like his. It's like his nuclear option, like. He's gonna do. He's gonna go really fucked up when you really fucked him up. Mm. Um, but he comes yeah. in and he just he just destroys everybody. Basically, he, he suplexes. It's suplex city, Danhausen style. Yeah, he, he picks up the win by feeding Nick Comrade the jar of teeth. Yakuza kicking him in the face while he's got a mouthful of teeth, and then just pinning him. And yeah. then after the match, um, the. Uh, best friends throw QT in the ring and Dan Housen hits him in the head with the railroad spike. Yeah. And uh, then they all hug Dan Housen really uncomfortably while he's holding the spike <laughs> up. <laughs> You've got to give the people what they think they want. Um, spooky yeah. Dan Housen. Uh, yeah, next up then, cool. Ricky Starks um, versus Brian Cage, the final of the... Um, it's the No, it wasn't. Semi-final, sorry. Semis. Semi-final, yeah. The semi-final. Yeah, again, really fun match. Um again, it's 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 a similar story. Like Ricky's trying to overcome. And this is less this is what I think Ricky's sort of like sort of trying to establish throughout these matches. Is he's that sort of like fighting from underneath sort of guy, isn't he, at this point? Yeah. Um so I, I think that this was probably the best match these two have had. Yeah. Uh, also Ricky Starks is like like finishing segments of just insane, aren't they? Like, I think this the, is the best the fact, Brian Cage had in AW. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. But the fact that, like, Ricky like managed to hit that rogue shampoo like out of nowhere mm. after like a destroyer out of nowhere, yeah, it was, like, re- it was really, really fun. Um, of, oh, so yeah, I'd recommend good. again, it's these, these these first three matches are on, on YouTube for free, so you can go check them out if you don't have the pay per view uh, I would I would say that all three of them are worth watching uh, for different reasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on to the last match then. Uh, before this, we had um, Renee asking Eddie about this match, which was really nice. Uh, Eddie was like, understandably, like you could feel, you could see like the, the emotion and like the sort of the occasion was like a bit too much for him. He was, he was a little overwhelmed. Yeah. So just to like kind of pull the curtain back on it a bit, this is Eddie Kingston's dream match. Yeah. Like, he always said Junakiyama is his dream match. He said he first saw Junakiyama wrestle when he was 18, and that's what made him want to become a wrestler. It's what, even he said, I want to wrestle like that, I want to wrestle King's Road style, I want to do all this stuff that he's doing. And this was basically just a 10-minute sprint down the King's Road with all the greatest hits of, like, Japan-style matches like thrown in. Yeah, it was like a love letter to old Japan from, like, the 90s. Um, 
there was, there was a lot of really stiff strikes, uh, a lot of no-selling strikes, a lot of no-selling exploder suplexes. Um, Junakayama kicked out of the uh, uh, the backfist of the future at, at one. Yeah. Um, and then just and hit then, Eddie, and well, hit Eddie, then just nailed Eddie with a rising knee. Yeah. Um, the, it, this was awesome. Like, it, it, I feel like it was better because of how everyone knew it was important to Eddie and how important it was to Eddie. Yeah, the fans, is, the fans, the fans made this feel big, didn't they? Like, it, even though, even though it was on the pre-show, yeah. it still had like that big fight feel. Yeah, I think the fact that as well, like, um, as I said, like Eddie, um, was very open about this is my, this is a dream match, and he was like, "I don't care if I'm opening the pay per view, I'm just happy I've had the match." Yeah, and then afterwards, um, he cut a little promo as well. It was really funny. He was like, he asked Bright how what time it was, and he was like, "Right." It's like seven fifty-two, so I've got like what two minutes because like Excalibur's got to run down the card. Yeah, <laughs> and then he cut a promo. Um, he basically so the the crowd started off like chanting "Thank you" to Eddie, and like obviously after the match they bowed to each other and they shook hands like Eddie and and Akiyama. But then Eddie, it was really nice. Eddie yeah. was like Eddie was like, "No, no, don't thank me." He's like, "Thank you to the fans because like if you don't come to these shows, I don't get to do this." And like. Yeah, he was. He was really like it was. It was awesome. It was. Mm-hmm. It was really, really. Eddie Kingston was like, as he says, like Eddie Kingston. He, he was like, after... yeah, Eddie oh, Kingston yeah. is like, like the heart of wrestling. And like he's just, he's just, oh, I just love him. He's, <laughs> he's, he's just everything to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, this was this was beautiful. The match was amazing. Uh, go make if you've only watched one of these three matches, I'd say make sure it's this one. Um, because this felt yeah. real special. It was so good. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, and as I say. Uh, the the fact that like you can just see the sort of emotion on Eddie's face and he cuts that really nice promo afterwards uh, where he's kind of like talking about why he loves the King's Road style and like how he wants to make uh, Masawa, Kabashi, Tawe, um, Noki, Noki, uh, Jumbo Saruta, Ricky Choshu, um, oh fuck, uh, Kawada, um, and Akiyama are all proud and yeah. like. Yeah, that nice, nice little moment. It was cool. Um, that that oddly, that was the calm before the storm of the first match. Oh god, yeah. So onto the show proper. <laughs> um, we open up with the cage match. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, as he's now known, um, versus Luchasaurus. I mean, this match was. I think I think in many ways it was quite reserved for a cage match. They they didn't. They I think they 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 were excellent. They were they were just reserved enough to make everything matter. They, I think they were very clever with how they did this match. Um, I, as, you, as you said, there were a lot of lot of callbacks to to Bad Blood, wasn't there? Did you see uh, Jungle Boy's press conference? Yeah. So he said this is Luchasaurus's favorite match. Oh nice. Um, uh, sorry, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at Bad Blood. Was Luchasaurus' favorite Luchasaurus match? Favorite yeah, match. This is why there was so many like kind of callbacks to it. Where like, obviously, Jungle Boy had like the tights that were exactly like Shawn Michaels' ones. Yeah, uh, and he did the spot where uh, he got like thrown into the cage on the outside. Um, it, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed this match. I, I think this might have been my match of the night. Ooh, that's a shout! Uh, it was so fun. Uh, it was ju- just every. Every kind of like glimmer of hope that Jungle Boy had made you really believe that it was like 
it was like his last ditch effort to win the match. There was one, I can't remember what spot it was after, but there was one moment where they, there was a big spot, and then Lucasaurus, sorry, Jungle Boy's like covered in blood because he bled like real early. Um, yeah, his whole face was like covered in blood, and he just looks like I think he just got like a near fall or something, and he just looks at Lucasaurus as like he's getting back up, and he just says to him, "You were my friend." Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> motherfucker, that really hurts. This, like... for me, was like Jungle Boy's breakout performance. Like... I mean, yeah, and, and a lot of people are saying that, and I do agree. I, you also have to really um, put some respect on Luchasaurus, because what you're basically asking him in this match is, oh, yeah. can you be The Undertaker? Yeah. Is, is, what you're saying, yeah. is what you're saying to Luchasaurus here, and he was like, ah, yeah, I'll do that. All right, I'll do that, yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was so good. It was as as I said, there was like a lot of a lot of sort of callbacks to the original Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Um, obviously by design. Uh, there, there was a really, really, really good shot where Luchasaurus was like pressing Jungle Boy's face into the cage, yeah, and like his blood like kind of like poured over like the sort of like chain link. Yeah, that was really I, cool. It just looked amazing. It was so, <laughs> it was it was just a really good match. Um, yeah, Jungle and it, it, it finished with a big cool spot as well, which was nice. Yeah, Jungle Boy won after uh, hitting a diving elbow drop off the top of the cage through a table onto Luchasaurus, and then putting him in the snare trap, and eventually Luchasaurus taps out. Did you see um, Luchasaurus coughing up black goo as well while he was in the snare trap? No, I didn't. A little bit, a little bit came out of the mouth. So yeah, that was cool. Oh, Luchasaurus in the uh, in the House of Black. So yeah, awesome, awesome match. Right next up, uh, Death Triangle versus the Elite. Um, the Elite entrance was somehow. I mean, Death Triangle entrance was cool. It always is. Like they they did like the they came on the the, the three individual spotlights like one at a time, which was really awesome. Um, but then there was a lot of very cool entrances on this show. Yeah. Then the elite came out to um, carry on Wayward Son by Kansas, which according to BT, they only got that like the day before they got the rights to that. So that was like real last minute. Um, I don't think I can yeah. run through. I don't think I can run through this match because it was fucking bonkers. Um, it was basically like the best way to put it is Death Triangle, the and the elite's greatest hits with each other. Because there was like lots of callbacks to Kenny and Pax matches. There was lots of callbacks to Young Bucks and Lucha Bros matches. Yeah. But it also felt like both teams had like a chip on the shoulder and a bit of an axe to grind and wanted to prove who was like the real trio's champions. And they just took it to like another gear. Um, It was fucking insane. It really was. Um, And I, I don't think anything we can really say he's going to do justice to it. No, when I say to you that Nick Jackson gave Phoenix a Hurricane Rana off the top term to the outside and that wasn't the craziest part of the match. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there was a really cool um, bit of storytelling as well, just on top of that. Um, where obviously Pac's been trying to get Phoenix to cheat to keep hold the belts. And Phoenix, like, it was like three or four times Pat tried to get him to use the hammer and Phoenix was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, he throws and, it away, doesn't he, at one point? And then literally, um, when Kenny gets Phoenix up for the one-winged angel, you can see Phoenix is re- like, kind of like resigned to it, like, oh, fuck. So as, so as like Phoenix like draped after he hits he gets hit with a V trigger he sort of like draped it over the ropes like half conscious and Pac just like literally shoves the hammer into his hand and like closes his hand around it. 
Yeah. So then, like when when he goes up, like you say, he's got no choice. He has to. It's the only way. He hits Kenny with the uh, with the hammer, and we and surprisingly, Death Triangle win. The elite lose on the comeback. So I thought that Death Triangle hadn't been champions long enough, mm. but I, I, I was too much of a shit house to come. <laughs> That I don't think that Death Triangle are going to lose the titles. Yeah. So I was very happily surprised by this. Sorry. Right, so not only was this match awesome, and it was, it was it was really really well. Check it out. But it was later in the match, later in the show, it was announced that this actually was now actually won in a best of seven series, which is going to run through to the end of the year. Oh, but yeah. Well, it's going to run through to the start next year. Yeah. So that's so gonna the be... last. The the last match is going to be uh, Battle of the Belts, I believe. Yeah. So that's going to be fucking ridiculous in the best possible way. Uh, right then, moving on. Uh, Jay Cargill versus Nyla Rose. Um, Nyla comes out. Speaking, again, of, speaking of incredible entrances, she comes out in the low rider. Um, you've got Nyla on the back. You've got with with the title, obviously, that she's stolen from Jade. You've got um, Vicky Guerrero in a I'm Your Mammy t-shirt. One of the Rhea Ripley's ones. You've got Marina Chafia dressed as like a chola in the front as well. Hmm. Which it was just oh it was it was it was just everything it was like it was so well, well done yeah and then Jade came out dressed as Chitara yes from Thundercats um, which also looked amazing only only downside I'll say um, obviously Jade this has happened a few times with Jade now obviously she she always puts a lot of effort into her costumes but they never sometimes they're not really that practical there was a few times where she was trying to adjust her costume because it was causing her a bit of discomfort like in the middle of like selling hmm. a move which was a little bit. Um, it took you out a little bit, but the match was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I think Nyla and Jade have a really good pairing because they're both big women who hit hard, and and that's really fun. I thought I thought these two had awesome chemistry together. Yeah, I, I I felt my only criticism of it is I felt the match went a little long. I mean, it did. It, it, going on after that Death Triangle Elite match, it was literally getting sent out to die, wasn't it? You know. <laughs> mm. Well, I think I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad match. I just thought. The, like near the end, it felt like they were kind of they were sort of like treading with a bit of water. Yeah, I mean, it, it was they, they, they told good stories. They both used each other's finishes. They both kicked out of each other's finishes. That was awesome. I thought that was really good. I, yeah, I'm so impressed of seeing Jade hit the uh, beast bomb on Nyla as well. And, and and the ending was good as well. So Nyla went. Nyla obviously she couldn't put Jade away, so she went for the top row sent on. She missed, and then that was the opening. Jade needed to hit Jade to pick the win, which was really fun, really cool. So. Mm. Yeah, he's got the belt back. Oh, which, yeah. Also, big shout out to um, Nyla Rose just ending Kira Hogan at the start of the match. Yeah, she just annihilated. Like, right like Kira Hogan's got the belt back and she's running around with it like dead happy, and Nyla just runs out and just annihilates her. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, right, also, also, as well, um, Jade's facial expressions in this match were fantastic. Like, yeah, she's she's improved so much in the last twelve months. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, right next up, then we have the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, Trish Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Sammy Guevara, four way. Um, fucking nuts. I did not have. So I was saying, like, I was a bit like sort of done with this whole like program. I was like, oh, I wasn't really looking forward to this. This match absolutely banged. It was so I, good. I mean, I was thinking, I'm not really excited for this match, but I know I'm going to enjoy it mm. because it's like four guys who, who we know can go. And it's three guys in there who have experienced enough and have been around long enough that they know 
perfectly how to do how to pace the psychology in this match. So like everything happened at the right time. So like you had like Jericho and um Sammy having like a, a sort of agreement and then they sort of had like a little sort of um contest, like a friendly contest, and then it got a bit nasty and then it got a bit nastier and then like they were literally just like murdering each other and then it was the same, like Brian and Claudio were doing the same. They were trying to keep it cordial well, Bri- to start with. Brian and Claudio had no issue with like well it's the may the best man win. Yeah, Jer- but then but then I think Jericho I think... was very much like Nah, Sammy, you're here literally as my insurance policy. Yeah. I think Brian and Claudio's sort of relationship broke down a bit when Claudio hit the neutralizer on the outside on Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um There was that awesome moment as well. Um Claudio had Jericho in the sharpshooter and to like try and break it up. He he, cl- he crawled on top of Danielson and tried to pin him. Yeah. And then Danielson reversed it into the uh, LaBelle lock. Yeah. And um th- there was a really really good spot near the end as well where we we kind of all thought like oh god oh no Sammy's gonna win this <laughs> um, where like Jericho basically Jer- Jericho and Sammy are sort of like stood tall over um Danielson and Claudio and Sammy just like grabs Jericho in the uh, G in the uh, GTH and hits it Claudio gets up um locks Sammy and the, uh, oh, get Sammy in the giant swing and Jericho from absolutely nowhere just like annihilates Claudio with the Judas effect to pick up the win. Yeah, hits, hits, he basically goes through Sammy to Judas effect Claudio, which was yeah. yeah amazing. Really, really fun match. Really enjoyed it. Uh, didn't think I'd be saying that about this match. I thought this was going to be the one that was going to like drag and like sag in the middle, but no, it was it was all go this one. It was, fun. It was, it was phenomenal. So good. Um, next up, uh, Soraya making her ring return against Britt Baker. Again, really fun match. Um, not the sharpest in ring. Again, obviously, Saray's been out of the ring for five years. Cut us some slack on that one. But it was fun enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Zach Zodiac, uh, Saray's brother, at ringside, and Britt was being like a absolute prick to him, which was nice. Yeah, um, there was a lot of scary-looking neck bumps that Saray was taking. Yeah, including it, it, a, including it, it, a, twi- a diving neck break to the outside as well, which was... Ugh. The one off the apron on the floor was fucking yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was um, there was at the end as well, like a real sense of agency that like Soraya needed to like end the match before she got like hit, which was it was uncomfortable at the time, but it was really good like storytelling. Yeah, and Soraya won with I don't know what she calls it now, but it was the rampage, wasn't it? it was like two of them. Um, yeah, so she hit two of them. Um, I don't think she had the name for that. No, they called the page turn the nightshade, but they named the rampage, did they? They didn't give any mm-hmm. name. So maybe, maybe yeah, maybe we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, really fun match. Re- good, obviously great to see Saraya back. Um, she'll be she'll be a good addition to the women's women's roster for sure. Mm. Uh, next up, it is Hoss time. Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT title. Um, this doesn't go long. It didn't need to. It was just three men just beating the shite out of each other. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say it. I think the wrong guy won. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why. So Joe won. I can understand why Joe won because, like, he was like the veteran, wasn't he? I, I can understand why Joe won. I reckon they're going to unify the belts at final yeah. battle, um, and do like the rematch. But I do think Hobbs should have won. I would have liked Hobbs to win. Um, I, I very much liked when Hobbs like just trucked Joe as well. That was that was beautiful. Oh, it was like Joe got hit by a jeep. <laughs> it was so good. So- 
Yeah, so um, yeah, Ward- Wardlow went for the Powerbomb Symphony in the end. On Hobbs, he had like two or three of them away, and then Joe just came out of nowhere, blindsided them with the title, and then um, interestingly put the um, Kukina Clutch on Hobbs for the win. It was already like unconscious. Like, yeah, he was like dead. So as soon as he put it on, he was like, oh yeah, he's literally dead. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, fun enough match. Big boys, big meaty men, slapping meat. It's always, always a good time. Yeah. Um, got a little quick announcement as well for uh, Dynamite this week. Um, Jericho defending the uh, ROH title against Tomohiro Ishii. Yes. And um, then Orange Cassidy challenges a... Uh, J- well, Jake Hager goes, what's in your bag? And Orange <laughs> goes to the belt and says, I like your hat. And Hager's like, I like that hat, I want that belt. <laughs> um, turns out Jake Hager, when he's just shouting incoherently about things... That's the very- best. That's that's the best, Jake Hager. Yeah, that's the best yeah. version. Uh, yeah, right, moving on then. Um, Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Again, this is just this. You know exactly what this is going to be. It's it's this. It's the signature. It's, it's become the signature Sting match, hasn't it? Which is just nonsense. This was better than it had any right to be, though. Yeah. Well. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is like perfect at playing his character. Yeah. So yeah. a couple, couple of really fun spots in this. So early, well, let's say early on, it spills to the outside. Uh, Darby jumps off a ladder to try and cough and drop. Um, Jay Lethal and Sam Singh just appears out of nowhere and just catches him out of the air. Yeah. Um, Which looked amazing. And then he just takes him onto the ramp and just throws him, just beals him on the ramp and it's like, oh god, that looked horrible. Yeah, he hit like a, um, it was the Eye of the Storm, wasn't it? The yeah. swing and Razor's Edge. Um, yeah, there was that bump as well Darby took where he basically went for a coffin drop and Jarrett just came out of nowhere and just like exploded the guitar over him. Yeah, that was amazing. That looked so good. Um, later on, you had um, you know, that spot where uh, Sting had Jarrett in the um, in the shot in the, in the Scorpion Deathlock. Sanjay runs in and like slaps Sting really hard. Sting no sells it. So then Satnam runs in and slaps Sting instead, <laughs> and, that, and obviously that does the trick. Oh god, that that choke slam Sting took as well. Fucking hell! Yeah, like, I, 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 this was the match I thought with House of Black was going to come back because of obviously mm, that was the last time we saw them, wasn't it? Yeah, um, obviously it didn't happen. Uh, the finish was really good, though. Um, so Lethal goes for the Lethal Injection, the worst move in all of wrestling. Um, Sting kind of like catches him mid-flip and hits him with a Scorpion Death Drop, and then Darby, like, from literally out of nowhere, just like lands on uh, Lethal with, with a Coffin Drop to pick up the win. Yeah, I also like just before that the spot where um, Sting was trying to Scorpion Death Drop Satnam and he was too big and he couldn't get him down. <laughs> so, so Darby just coughed and dropped on top of him while he was trying to do it. That looked so good as well. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really fun. It was Sting match yeah. and Sting. Sting did a mad crossbody off the um, off the stands as well. Yeah, because of course he does. Sting. Yeah. He, he uh, like face planted the knee on that one. Yeah, yeah, but that was really good fun. Uh, Sting match is just fun now, aren't they? It's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, next up. Are you ready to draw some stars? Because Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm for the women's women's interim women's championship was um, the best women's match AEW's ever put on. Yes, I think so. Was this one of the best matches AEW's ever put on? I think it's definitely up there. Um, I, I think, think it's, I think it's easy in the top ten matches, best matches they've ever put on. This is probably my match of the night. Fair. Um, Fair. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, it, it started. It, was, it started. It started out super intense, and like these women were just beating the shit out of each other. Like they were just going for it. Like it started at full speed. Um, Tony with the with the hip attacks. Jamie with big looking for big lariats and big strikes. Yeah, it was just it was just stiff as fuck, wasn't it? They were just going like going at it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, like J- Jamie Hater is just so good, isn't she? Like, yeah, and I, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things. I think it, it's really, it's really good the fact that she's got the momentum that they they've put up her faith in it to give her the belt. Well, like the she, same she had so much, like she had so much like organic support from the crowd here that Tony was getting booed. Yeah, well, at the that's what I mean. At the same time, like it's insane that. She literally was like at first treated like she was um she was just like Brit heavy. And then as soon as she had like that first match and everyone was like, Oh holy shit, she's so good. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was it was a really, really good match. So the finish was good as well. Like a few people complained about the interference, but I I think it actually enhanced the match. So um, I Brit- think it lended itself to the fact that when Brit inevitably learned, uh, turns on Jamie, mm. which is probably going to happen. So Britt took the so Britt was taking the turnbuckle pad off, but as she was doing it, um, Jamie got thrown into the into the corner and knocked Britt off the top turnbuckle, and she took the pad with her as she came down, which was really cool. Then yeah. Jamie sends Tony into the into the turnbuckle, into the exposed turnbuckle, hits her with what they now call the Haterade, which is a great name for a, a finisher. Yeah, and picks up the win, and yeah, huge, huge, huge victory. Uh, felt so cool. Um, we'll have to like sort of press on a bit now. Um, the acclaimed versus Swerve Not Glory. Um, lovely. Um, Lovely little rap for Max Caster. He refers to Swerve No Glory as Black Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> which is which was good fun. I, I like that. Um really fun match. Um obviously Bowens is, is selling the shoulder injury. You can't really use that arm an awful lot. He's like sort of being portrayed as the weak link again. Swerve obviously has this idea, doesn't he, that Bowens lets Caster down with his in, being injury prone, which has been the sort of thread throughout all three of their matches, which is really nice that he's sort yeah. of carried that Wait. Swerve was really unhinged in this match. Like, yeah, yeah, he was. He was going the, to dark places, wasn't he, with his moves? There was, there was the bit at the start where, like, obviously because Bowens was injured, he was like, he took Caster out on the outside, just kept throwing him into the barricades, and he got like a barricade and put it on the outside, which then backfired on them because Caster elbow dropped Keith Lee through it later in the match. Yeah, um, and yeah, he, he threw he threw Caster into the timekeeper's area and found the pliers. And just like looked like he, he just looked like overjoyed looking at them. <laughs> um, but give... the big, the big, the big moment of this match, the big news: um, mm. Swerve tries to get Keith Lee to use the pliers on Caster, and Keith Lee says no. He so Swerve slaps him, so Keith Lee just leaves. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that this this feud between Swerve and Keith Lee is going to be. S- it's got potential to be AEW's best feud next year. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I get that. Both amazing talkers, both amazing wrestlers. Um, I think Swerve's character work in AEW has been relatively unparalleled. Yeah, there's not absolutely. many people who've been that good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this was also a very good match. Um, these guys just they they do it on a different level, don't they? Yeah, it's just, this is they've had three matches now this season and they've all been really good. Um, I still think the first one was probably my favorite, but like I think all three have been. And excellent. the first, my favorite, um, but I think this was definitely on a on a level with it. Yeah, right. And then onto the main event, John Moxley defends the AEW World Championship against MJF. Um, this is a very this is a hometown MGF effectively because this is this is just outside of Long Island. This this, are, this is taking place, so MGF's got the home support. He's really yeah. playing. He he has a a very friendly interaction with a woman in the crowd on the way to the ring. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, it's the crowd's definitely behind MGF. And the good thing about this is Moxley, obviously he knows he knows this and he he works into this. He works heel very well in this match. He's he's being he's being really like the, the way they set this up, especially in the early matches, that Moxley is just like almost toying with MGF. He's like hurting him. He's he like was, he's, he's like a lion playing with its feet. Yeah, he's being like unnecessarily nasty. He's like leaving a little bit in, isn't he, every time? You know? Yeah. A little bit of needle. Um, but yeah, this this match was phenomenal. Um, Moxley, so Moxley, them, like MGF, and we always say MGF is like you don't you always forget how good a wrestler he is because he wrestles infrequently and he taught he's so good on the mic, but he really can go in the ring as well, and he proved that in this match. And Moxley is just Mister AW twenty twenty two. Like he's carried this company for the entire year. He's he still he still did it here right the way up to the end of the match. Um, yeah, it it was just stupendous. They did a really good job of protecting Moxley in defeat and yes. making it like even though MJF did win the match like Moxley didn't lose anything well he did lose something by losing the match because he lost yeah. the belt and he lost his daddy regal but um, so we'll talk about that because like, there's no point going through the match because so much happened uh, we'll talk about the finish so MJF has a moment of weakness he, I think it gets to a point doesn't he where he knows he can't do it like he knows he's, he's his numbers up well, he hit the tombstone on the apron, didn't he? And then, like, he was holding his knee. Yeah. After the, um, and then he was getting Mox obviously like zeros in on it, and MJF's getting more frustrated, and he ends up like he gets the dynamite diamond ring, and then Regal comes down like a lunatic, and he throws the ring at Regal. You can see the as as a as a point. Did after he threw the ring away, did you see the security guard rush out to grab it so they didn't get lost? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a couple of ref bumps towards the end. There's two different ref bumps. Um, and then Moxie's got, uh, gets MGF to the Bulldog choke. MGF's tapping. The ref's down. Regal's like, John, John, the ref, you need to get the referee. Like, as soon as Moxie turns around to, to get the ref. The, we, we all knew it was happening, but it didn't make it hurt any less, did it? Regal slides oh, the brass knuckles into MJF. I don't, I don't know. I was a right smug prick because I called this weeks ago. <laughs> he slides the brass knuckles into MGF. MGF decks Moxley, covers one, two, three. Interestingly, and I want to talk a little bit about this very briefly, Regal doesn't celebrate in the ring with MGF. He backs up off the ramp and retreats to a safe distance. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if Regal's done it more out of like more out of respect for MJF than wanting to stab Moxley in the back. Mm. But Moxley didn't know what happened. Obviously he just sort of he was just dead. Uh, and after the match, MJF celebrates. Um I like that when he went up the top of the ramp he got a security guard to help up the ramp. And then when he went yeah. to got to the top of the ramp to pose he pushed the security guard out the shot so you couldn't see him. Oh uh, have you have you seen his uh, press conference? Yeah <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like he's channeling his inner Jay White there. <laughs> And then yeah, um, we go off the air, and as we got, as apparently just after the show ended, the Blackpool Combat Club members come out and they basically just tell Moxie what happened because he had no um, yeah, idea. Yeah, like punching the mat. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but one, if, I, if I if I was William Regal, I'd probably make myself busy on Wednesday. I wouldn't be hanging around the Dynamite. Yeah, you might need that neck repairing again. Um, what one thing that was really interesting about Mox's gear as well was that it was the same color as Regal's. It was like that sort of like claret. Yeah. Which was an interesting little wrinkle there, but uh, this this match was really fun. Like Moxie did, Moxie played his role really well. As like he had to like sort of take on the heel role because of because of the crowd reaction, which was really cool. He did that really well. Obviously, MJF continues to be one of the most complex characters in wrestling. We don't quite know where he lies on the on the sort of 
but on the Mass Effect, you know, reputation scale. I think he's like 70% Renegade and like <laughs> 30% Paragon at the like moment. He, he but... normally blows up the planets, but sometimes every now and then he lets people live. Yeah. He's a heel that makes good points. Uh, right, so that's it for full gear then. Uh, if you have to give it all a score, what would you go on? Um, out of 10, out of 10, 10 will do. Out of 10, I'll give it 9 out of 10. I think nine. I think nine's fair. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I was probably red land as well. I think uh, I gave I think I gave all out ten. So I think I'm I'm doing myself in here by by giving this a nine. But whatever. I I think as I say I think with with all out, the reason it was so good was because of like the actual moments as well, like the Lucha Brothers finally winning the tag titles and obviously um uh the like debuts of Adam Cole and. Brian Danielson, the arrival in AEW, Minoru Suzuki as well. Mm. Whereas this, even though it did have like, it didn't, it was, it was the first, I think it was the first AEW pay view without a debut, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, there was a, there was a, a an in ring debut we had, like, so we had Soraya, didn't we? Yeah. But I mean, like, a, but like without anyone turning surprised. off. Yeah. Or even yeah. like, was there a, was there a surprise return? Obviously, the elite return. Well, the elite, but that wasn't that wasn't a surprise. But no, I mean, it, I mean, unless you count Evil Danhausen. Yeah, I suppose, but yeah, it's like uh, wrestling quality wise, this was the far superior show. But I think because of how memorable all that was and how I just, like, I just remember at all out there were like there were like three or four separate moments where we all lost our shit watching it. Yeah, this was just like oh, that match was really really good, and it was. Yeah, and, but it's a, was... It's, a di- it's a different kind of entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, this was. I love that match. Oh, I love that match. Oh, I love yeah. that match. I think I'll watch this one back more than I'll watch All Out. Yeah, agreed. But in the moment, like if you asked me at the end of each pay per view, well, to give it a score, like I did, I scored all out higher. Yeah, and I think that, as I say, I think that's fair. I think for me, like one of the main things, and this is gonna, this is gonna sound odd considering how the show ended. There wasn't like, there wasn't a title win where you're like, oh, it's about time he's won the belt. Mm-hmm. Like when on on all outs, Lucha Bros winning the belts, and it was like, oh, it's about time they won the tag titles. That's so good, as well as it being an amazing match. On this one, it was like you, you could say it about Jamie Hater, I guess, but at the same time, it's. It's the interim title, so it doesn't feel like it means as much. Yeah. But wrestling quality wise, this this was like unmatched. There wasn't a bad match on the card at all. No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, right, quickly before we wrap it up, because uh, we're going to have to call it there. We haven't got time for the rest of the world this week because there was so much for oh, me really? to talk about. Um, who takes the belt off MGF eventually? I know, um, I know we just started his reign, but let's like let's fantasy book the end of his reign now. I think dream scenario for me, Ricky Starks. Probable scenario, Jungle Boy or Hangman. I'd say so. My my heart says Eddie Kingston. Mm, but, my, but, Kingston. but my head says Jungle Boy or Jack Perry. Mm. Again, because they, they have that, they can they can throw it back to that singles match they had a few years ago, and that's like that like that that's the thread that goes right through the whole thing, then, isn't it? So we'll do the same with Derby as well, openly. Yeah, true. 
yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what, what, uh, the, yeah. what the MGF era looks like in Adonia. I mean, you could do the same with Wardlow as well. Wardlow, yeah. I mean, he's it's it's convenient, isn't it? They've just taken a belt off Wardlow. Yeah, they, I think because of the Bidden War of twenty four, I think that MGF's probably going to hold that belt for a very long time. Yeah, probably, probably, he's probably going to drop it next year. At winter is coming. Yeah. Uh, I can, if, I can not at, if not at um, New Year's uh, Smash, yeah. Oh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be so fun! I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. Um, right, I think that's gonna wrap us up then, man. Um, yeah, that was a lot yeah. of that was a lot of AW talk. And if you're on Jacks, I do apologise. Not as much music this week. Uh, I might be able to sneak a few songs on right now, depending on how long this do, goes. Do we do we have a quick? to promote the FE events. Uh, yeah, well, very quickly, I just want to talk to real quick again also about Wrestle Island. Uh, Wrestle Island have their sixth anniversary show yeah. this weekend in Birkenhead. It's a stacked card. I've literally just bought my ticket. Um, it's got all the belts being defended. There's your uh, under 23s tournament. Um, Joe's favorite wrestler. Uh, I can't remember his name. Is on it. Aiden Sane is on it. There's a six of the best match with RPD um, involved and. Um, yeah, friends of the podcast. Yeah, your boy Scott Oberman's facing Lance Rivera for the title. Uh, Harley Hudson's Harley, Harley Hudson's defended the women's championship against um, Lucy Sky and Aurora Tevez. Um, yeah, it's going to be there's like Brian Aidson, um, Joe Connors, RPD. Um, Some of the best talent in the Northwest. Yeah, yeah it's going to be mental. And um, they're doing a, a special as well. If you bring any sort of food or winter clothing with you as like a donation for charity, you get a free photo with Lance Rivera as well. So they're trying to do a little bit for the community as well, which is awesome. Wrestle Island, always there for the community. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'll be there. And yeah, I can't wait, basically. Yeah, I may be there. I'll see see if I'm about. Um, yeah, also we are doing a, a, a question and answer session with Effie at Coyote Ugly in Liverpool on the 30th of November, the day before TNT Cold Day in Hell, which we will definitely be previewing next week. Um, tickets are £10. Uh, you can get them on the door or from ringsideworld.co.uk. Um, maybe give us a DM just to see if there's any tickets available before you hold out on the door. But yeah, it should be good. Um, we're going to be, I think, me, you and Troy yeah. are going to be all in attendance. Um and yeah, it should should be a really, really fun event. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Can't wait to, to ask Daddy what makes him tick. Uh, right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, as I say, big, big old wrestling week this week. We'll be back next week. We'll talk a bit about uh, Cold in Hell. We'll have all your fallout from War Games. We'll talk all about that, all the top news, everything you come to expect from you boys. Uh, yeah, until then, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your wrestling. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>